All right, what is good, fantasy football community? We're back here with the Fantasy Wire football podcast. And, man, we're one step closer to the NFL season. We uh, Training camps have reported. Players have started reporting. And, man, like I said, that much closer to the game we love to see uh, despite COVID-19 and this crazy 2020. So, uh, Jaron and I are excited to be here with you guys and to to move forward past our divisional breakdowns and to to get into some of the the real deep information stuff that we're looking at uh, based on you know what we feel like is going to help us win our draft and win our league. So uh, let's hope we're one step closer. Let's let's just uh, hope. I don't even. I feel uncomfortable even putting those words out there. I know. I know, man. It feels like wishful thinking. Like. You know, I feel like, you know, just starting starting the podcast off with a little bit of news. You know, we got the NBA starting tomorrow. Um, finally. Yeah, finally. Super excited. Ready uh, for the NBA to be back. Absolutely. Got my Kobe jersey on representing. So I am ready for the NBA. And, you know, man, they're doing it the right way. They've got the bubble. Mm-hmm. They've got zero positive cases. They are knocking it out of the park. And then on the other side of the spectrum, you got good old Major League Baseball. And the Miami Marlins having not like... Not so much. Yes, not so much. So it, about 17, 18 positive cases is the last number I saw. Canceled all their games for the week. So that's definitely not a good look considering the NFL's model is a lot more similar to Major League Baseball than it is the National Basketball Association. But let's be real honest real quick about the Marlins. And <laughs> I, I want to put it past them to think that it might be like some conspiracy intentional plan just so they want to have to play this season. Because like, what's the point? Uh, yeah, you're if not- you're a Marlins fan, I apologize. But what's the point? Absolutely. You're not wrong there. You are not mm-hmm. wrong there. Derek, Derek Jeter just said, guys, we're going into rebuild mode. Everybody gets sick. I, don't, I can't watch this crap. Yeah, he was thinking that this would guarantee um, the top spot in the draft by just tanking this year. Take yeah. a page of the Astros yeah. book. <laughs> that's right. That's right. They're just going to take the season off. You know? so. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Take advantage of the pandemic. Absolutely. So, so anyway, that being said, I mean, it's, it's interesting because that kind of ties into the first bit of news we've got that we'll start off with. And that is that, Like I said, players have started reporting for training camp. There's no official preseason games this year, but they're still training camp. And ultimately, with that comes opt-outs. Players have been given the option to opt-out. The deadline for that is August 4th. And we're already seeing some names fly off the board. I would say there's no huge name players that have opted out yet. But, you know, we've seen some players for a variety of teams. The Patriots have at least six players um, at this recording that have opted out. Um, they have a, you know, big one of their big-time linebackers, Dante Hightower, um, Patrick Chung at safety, a few other guys. Um, so it's definitely happening. You know, it's a real thing. These guys are opting out, and, you know, we've still got about a little under a week where that can continue to happen. So they're basically giving the players opportunity to, to come into camp and get a feel for it and see how comfortable they feel with everything once they've come to camp. Um, most of the guys that are opting out, you know, they're opting out more so because of family reasons, um, whether it be their, you know, brand new children in their family or their kids or wives have underlying conditions, whatever it may be. That's kind of what we're seeing. So I'm still kind of waiting for the first really big name to drop in terms of, you know, a superstar calling off the season and i don't see that happening but it could so basically 
what I'm thinking here is, you know, we said there's no superstar, but big name, big news, directly ties into what we're talking about today, and that's Damian Williams. Uh, I'd say he's not a superstar by any stretch, but he was the RB1 on the Super Bowl champ Kansas City Chiefs. And with that comes definite fantasy value. So with him opting out, that is a big deal because that opens up a spot for a guy that we're going to talk about here in just a little bit, and that's Clyde Edwards-Alaire. So that's going to be fun to talk about, just a little teaser there, but definitely the biggest news that we've gotten as far as opt-outs, I would say. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and that's one, too. Like, you know, so a piece we're going to be doing uh, in a little bit is um, just some of our big bust-out or breakout candidates. And Damian Williams was going to be mine this year, so now let's run. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> that, that's not true. There's no truth to that whatsoever. Um, but, yeah, no, that is a big piece of news. He, he may be, like, one of the bigger names right now, but he's not going to be the last. It's going to happen again um, as they see things like, um, I mean, they're human beings, right? So um, as they continue to see things like uh, the Marlins, what's going on there? They, they, you know, they're not dumb. They're going to be able to see the comparisons between the way the NFL is handling it, MLB is handling it. It's, it's going to continue to pile up. It's going to continue to happen. So um, that's something to prepare for and get ready for. Yeah, definitely. You know, something I've heard people talking about is maybe having a, you know, talk talk with your league and have a plan. You know, have a plan for if the season gets cut short. At what point do y'all crown a champion, or do you just say, "Ah, let's hang it up, uh, send everybody their money back, and we'll we'll you know start over next year"? Mm-hmm. Uh, also, you know, maybe set up where if you don't have IR spots, maybe give yourself a couple more IR spots than normal. Um, I know sometimes people manipulate those IR spots, but I feel like long run, it's better to have them than not have them. I've always felt like that, and this year especially, I think they're going to be valuable. So. Um, other big news, we've got Dalvin Cook, who has been threatening a holdout for a couple months now, and he showed up. He reported camp day one. Um, basically, if you don't know, the collective bargaining agreement that got passed this March, it, it really is going to make it a lot harder for these guys to actually hold out. The punishment is a lot more drastic. They basically can lose a year of credit towards becoming an unrestricted free agent. And sure, for the superstar quarterbacks or the the Zeke (coughs) of the world, and, you know, there's a few players that it doesn't matter whether they're restricted or an unrestricted free agent. But for guys like Dalvin Cook and kind of that second tier of player, you know, that's a big difference between being restricted and unrestricted. So they've really made it a lot harder, owners have, for these guys to really hold out. So um, I I think that by Dalvin Cook showing up, he's, he's there. And once they show up, um, I mean, they're showing up because they're going to practice and they're going to participate. So I think that that's a big deal for fantasy news because you kind of saw him falling to the back of the first round and people being a little nervous to take him. And I think this throws him right back up in there to, you know, kind of that top five potential pick five or six into that range. So definitely big news there. So uh, we'll just go ahead and buzz past that. And last, last little bit of news, other than Joey Bosa got a bag. I know Jaron reminded me of that. Mm-hmm. So dude got paid, one of the best defensive players in the league. Um, so he got paid. But as far as fantasy is concerned, uh, Raheem Mostert, who had requested a trade, as far as news reports were concerned, from the 49ers, has officially restructured his deal. And all parties are happy, and it's all 
you know, butterflies and rainbows, and they are ready to go in this Kyle Shanahan run heavy offense. So, um, Jaron, how do you feel about that? For me, it doubles down on my um, previous thoughts that I had when we broke, uh, went through that division of just not wanting anything to do with the backfield. And it's not because they're not good; it's just because I don't want, I don't want any part of it. I don't yeah. like that much. Um, I don't like that much competition in the backfield. Yeah, definitely. It's it's not worth it to play that guessing game a lot of the time, no matter how good that offense is. So. Uh, this is going to affect his ADP. He's going to move back up in ADP. Um, so ultimately, we're going to be back where we were kind of when we did our breakdown. And, you know, he's probably going to be a mid-round guy that it just depends on if you think he's a value. But um, other than that, that's kind of some NFL news for you. So uh, stay tuned for more opt-outs, for more information as we as we get training camp rolling. And, you know, with training camp comes a lot more developments and a lot more news and a lot more, you know, general ideas being presented in terms of who's this quarterback clicking with and how's this guy fitting into his new team. So that's all going to be on the radar here in the coming weeks. But for today, we're going to give you a little segment called Great Expectations. So we are laying the groundwork for some of the guys that we think um, we have high expectations for. And, you know, basically we think that they are definitely going to live up to their ADP and potentially outperform their definitely probably eight, outperform their ADP and uh, I think we've each got a running back and we've each got a receiver so I will go on ahead and kick it off like I said we alluded to the fact that someone would be talking about this guy and that is Clyde Edwards Elaire. I was stoked about him from the get-go I was stoked about him when they drafted him at the back of the first round you don't do that unless you believe in a guy and unless he's going to be your guy uh, Damian Williams you know, he opted out, which made this a more clear picture for everybody. But even without him opting out, at the end of the day, he's never been a workhorse running back in this league. Even last year, Darrell Williams got, got some run. Um, there was a lot of talk about, you know, even Shady McCoy trying to get him, but he just couldn't take the job. It never seemed like they wanted Damian Williams to be the guy. So even before the opt out, I was excited about Elaire, And honestly, I chose to talk about him before the opt-out because I think you were getting him in the second or third round, and I thought that was a huge value. Well, now I kind of had to revisit it and make sure, okay, do I still have the same type of expectations based on our criteria, which is will he outperform his ADP? I think he's going to move up to the RB6 territory. I think that's where he's going to be ranked. Um, and ultimately, with that, I, I have no doubts in this Andy Reid, Kansas City Chiefs offense that he can be a top five running back. I, I feel confident in that. Um, I've Over the years, I will say one thing that I've felt pretty good about myself in fantasy has I've been pretty good at picking the rookie running backs that were going to perform based on the situation they've got put in, based on coming out of college and their and their work that they did in college and just the scheme and the fit there's a lot of things that go into it not just how good somebody is and i just think a lot of people have been saying this and i agree he's put in a perfect situation for his skill set so i'm super high on a layer uh, i want to hear what you think and then i'll i'll throw a couple stats out there to kind of wrap up my thoughts on a layer yeah, um, I wasn't as high on him just because I didn't think he'd have the opportunity uh, going into the season. But with the news that came out today, of course, I kind of uh, perused a few different articles that popped up just about 
um, the opportunities and how and how similar this situation is to when Kareem Hunt broke out. And yeah. I, I don't want to steal your thunder on any stats or anything, and you know I don't have the numbers right in front of me. Um, but it's eerily similar on how this could be like his big opportunity given the way the Chiefs utilize the running back, given Pat, having Patrick Mahomes as a quarterback, yeah. which um, Kareem Hunt did not have. And with it just being an Andy Reid offense coming off a Super Bowl victory, like I think that it has the makings for a very good situation for him. My favorite thing about it is I know how high you were on him, and I know that you're not going to be able to draft him. So <laughs> that's what makes it even better for me now. That's true. That's true. You're not wrong. So Because I still i am not in that territory, like you just said, where I feel like to give, give everybody perspective of where I feel about him now, I still think there's a very clear-cut top three running backs. And, and that is Christian McCaffrey, that is Saquon Barkley, and Zeke Elliott. And then I think the next two running backs, really, I think Alvin Kamara is the next court running back in kind of his own little uh, tier. So I think Alvin Kamara, I'm at the third overall pick, and with how our league's set up, uh, I think that, um, well, I know for a fact that Saquon Barkley won't be available because he'll be a keeper. So I'm leaning towards Kamara with that pick at number three. And but I will say that I feel like Elaire could finish above guys like Dalvin Cook, Derrick Henry, uh, all the above. So that's where I feel like, and this is why. You talked about Kareem Hunt, and I said I thought this was going to be Kareem Hunt 2.0 from the beginning, and here's why. Mm-hmm. Um, and now it's more clear because Damian Williams is out of the picture. But Kareem Hunt, in his rookie year, had 272 rushing attempts, 1,327 yards, eight touchdowns. On top of that, he had 53 receptions for almost 500 yards and three touchdowns. That was good enough to put him at running back four in that season. You pointed out very astutely that that was without Patrick Mahomes. So, And that was also without planning from the get-go that Kareem Hunt was going to be their guy. So I am going to kind of basically also, he had 295 points PPR, averaged 18 and a half a game. That's running back five last year. So if you transpose him to last year, that would have been running back five. So I, I just don't see a world where Hilaire is not in that top five running back conversation. Uh, another guy that he has been compared to even more so than Kareem Hunt, because I think the situation's the same as Hunt, but his skill set, and you're going to like this one, is very comparable to Brian Westbrook, who was a stud for fantasy in an Andy Reid offense in Philadelphia. And Hilaire has a lot of comps to him, size, profile, the way they play, the way they catch the mm-hmm. ball. And here's, here's some fun stats that even make me feel better about the Hilaire situation, and then I'll wrap it up. Uh, Brian Westbrook, while under Andy Reid in Philadelphia, had consecutive seasons of 330 fantasy points and then 370 fantasy points. That easily would have been running back two last year. Very easily would have been running back two last year. So I am in all in on the Clyde Edwards Lair train. If there's a draft where I can get him in the middle of the first round, you better believe I will. I'm very disappointed that I will not be getting him in our league of record. But I do think that there is a clear path for him to be a top five running back this season. Big time expectations coming out of Kansas City. You know, I haven't heard or seen um, those comparisons just because I haven't, I haven't put the energy into looking for anything like that. 
Um, but that does get me excited about them because you just made me think back to the glory days of watching uh, Westbrook and McNabb. Um, those are two of my favorite players, two of the big reasons why I'm a big Eagles fan today, um, watching them play growing up. So I, I love them. Absolutely. All right, so your thanks, turn. Thanks for the opportunity to talk about Donovan McNabb. I didn't think I'd be able to do that on this podcast. Yeah, you're welcome. I didn't think, I didn't think the opportunity would just fall in my lap like that. <laughs> so um, speaking of the Eagles, it's a perfect segue. Um, I'm kind of going with a safer bet here, and I say safer just because uh, where he is ADP-wise right now. But I think that um, the guy I'm really leaning towards uh, from the running back position is Miles Sanders, RB9. Um, there's a lot of reasons why I think that he could be, um, I don't know, I guess a, a breakout candidate this year. I don't really have a lot of statistics or anything to back it up other than the eye test for one and just the situation. I think the Eagles are going to be in a situation where they um, are just going to have to utilize him. You know, they've, they've done this running back by committee approach for a while, and it's not that it hasn't worked, but I think that he has the talent level to show um the staff and the team that he can he can be the rb1 there and just be the guy to carry the load which i think will be um just beneficial overall for the team and i think you know from a fantasy perspective uh his style is very similar to that of like a christian mccaffrey he's one of his comparisons if you read about a lot is christian mccaffrey which i don't know if you're familiar with him but he's really good at fantasy as well I've right heard, i've heard puts the up Puts up great fantasy numbers, so I'm not saying that he will. By I'm not by any stretch saying that he will emulate what Christian McCaffrey can do for fantasy or for football, for that matter, too. But just to have your name in the same sentence saying, "Oh, hey, this guy kind of reminds me of so and so," kind of like how you just got me more fired up uh, by comparing um, your guy to Westbrook. Um, I think that that speaks a lot for what people who are smarter than myself are able to see within someone's talent. And, of course, we've heard that before, right? So one off the top of my head that I can think of is Stephon Diggs being the next Antonio Brown. I remember hearing that for years and years and years of fantasy. And it hasn't exactly panned out for Stephon Diggs, right? Yeah. Um, but that being said, too, I do think the Eagles are a good team. I think uh, Wentz is yeah. going to come back healthy. Let's knock on wood. Um, say that every year. I do think he will come back healthy. They have a good squad. So I, I do think that he will be an integral part of their offense. I think he has to be an integral part of their offense, which – I think will be very strongly reflected for fantasy too. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's funny, man, because I think uh, I don't have a lot to say about Miles Sanders um, because I kind of think the more and more I've looked into it, I think in a normal year where I wasn't, you know, maybe doing this research this early in the season, I would have kind of been turned off by Miles Sanders because of those comps to Christian McCaffrey and because – you know, I always look at running backs by committee and I look at coaches history and Doug Peterson's mm-hmm. always been running back by committee. But when you look at it, man, I, I just don't think he can be this year. I mean, yeah. I think that the the gap between Miles Sanders and even Boston Scott, who is a PPR guy that gets mentioned, I think mm-hmm. it's a dra- I think it's a drastic drastic difference and i think the the touches that boston scott gets they're not necessarily going to be him taking away from miles sanders i think they're going to be more gimmicky because he is an explosive Mm -hmm. fun playmaker Mm -hmm. guy Mm -hmm. but i just think man i do think the more and more i look at it uh we talked about it in our nfc east breakdown you know i thought they'd bring in another running back i really thought they would and i thought that would be them saying yeah i have a running back by committee that's what i do but they haven't and doesn't look like they're going to and because of yeah. that, I just 
I, I don't see a world where he's not the workhorse. I mean, they are a contender for the NFC East, right? I don't want to say a Super Bowl contender this year, but they're at least a contender for the NFC East. It's going to be them and the Cowboys, right? There's not a lot of competition out of those two. So someone yeah. has to win that division. Um, it's probably pretty similar to last year where, like, no one really wants to win it, but someone eventually has <laughs> to end up winning it. Right. And so I think they're just going to – I just think – I can't see a situation to where they're not, like, at least in it. And I think that if they go into this season – wanting to be running back by committee again, then they would have your Devonta Freeman. They would have a LaShawn McCoy. They would have someone that's out there right now already. I mean, yeah. it's already, it'll be August this weekend. So I think they would already have that piece there if they were doing it. And I do agree. I think it's, you know, they're a gimmicky team, right? Um, you think about uh, the play in the Super Bowl. Uh, the Philly special. I, the Philly special, yeah. Um, so uh, you think of something like that. They're a gimmicky team. I think he's going to have a gimmicky role. I think it, it might hurt you here and there. Boston Scott, who are you talking Boston about? Boston Scott, yeah, Boston Scott. Um, but I don't think it's going to be enough to really be a detriment to Sanders' overall value. Yeah, yeah. Man, I, I mean, you know, like I said, I, I can't argue with you on that. I don't see, I don't see crazy high upside uh like like top five upside now that doesn't mean it's not there that's just not where i sit on him but i think you're right i mean i think that he's in a good spot for this year so uh good pick there now let's let's talk about our receivers so uh we'll we'll volley it back over to me and i am gonna talk about my guy you know he's he's gonna be my keeper in our league of record he is a guy that i traded for last year i was a little skeptical about him in the draft last year but as I saw his season progressing, I knew I had to find a way to get him on my team, and that's Chris Godwin, wide receiver for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And, man, I just feel like he's in one of those situations where the rich get richer. And I say that because it's it's funny. You know, I think people are talking about him as, oh, yeah, he definitely has top five upside this year. You know, he, I think he's going to be a good wide receiver, a safe wide receiver, but it's almost like they're not talking far enough, in my opinion. And what I mean by that is he finished at wide receiver two last year. He finished at wide receiver two. It's not just like, oh, he surprised people. I mean, mm-hmm. he was the number two wide receiver between a guy, but behind a guy who had a historic year and nobody else was even close to. And, you know, he even missed two weeks of the season and still finished as wide receiver two. So he obviously has that ceiling of being one of the top two wide receivers. And, you know, actually, Tony sent me a tweet today. Very, very interesting tweet. And basically what it said was Bruce Arians last season said, in 2019, Chris Godwin is going to be a carbon copy of Larry Fitzgerald when I was with the Cardinals. And when I looked at it, and basically it was hilarious because he said that preseason. And then basically he said he's going to play Larry Fitz's role He's never going to come off the field, and he's going to catch 100 balls. So then what did he do? He ran 63% of his routes from the slot. Fitzgerald ran 64% of his routes from the slot. Uh, He played 95% of the snaps, which is just like they've been saying. And then he was on a 16-game pace to catch 98 passes. So he ended up missing two games, and he caught, uh, I think, 88 passes. But nonetheless, I think that... He's just in this situation where Arian said what he wanted him to be. And if he wants him to be Fitzgerald, Fitzgerald had three straight seasons of at least 106 catches, which 
he he finished in those seasons at wide receiver seven, wide receiver eleven, and wide receiver four. And the biggest thing is he did not have Tom Brady as his quarterback. And Tom Brady is obviously in most people's mind the goat. He prefers the slot receiver. He finds a favorite and he feeds the guy. And I think that literally right now, I, this is coming from a huge Wes Welker fan, huge fan of Julian Edelman. Uh, I think this is the best slot receiver that Brady's ever played with. So I just think that at the end of the day, he has an amazing floor. He's a very safe guy, but I even think his ceiling is higher than what most people think. And I'm not going to say that I think he could surpass, you know, Michael Thomas because the stats Thomas put up last year were scary. But that being said, I think that that gap could close this year because I think Thomas, if he doesn't come back, come back down to earth, then it's just going to be unreal. But nonetheless, I think that there's no doubt he could finish at a top two wide receiver this year. So, what he said, uh, yeah. <laughs> I'm not going to argue any of that. I'm not going to begin to argue any of that. I I love the pick. I love Godwin. I think uh, he passes everything that I look for and what I would want out of a receiver. Only thing I don't love is that you're keeping them, so he won't be on the table for anyone right. to take. And mm-hmm. I'm glad to do so. So mm-hmm. excited mm-hmm. about Godwin being a, even more so than just a safe option, but a breakout option. So, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. all right, Jaron, I, I want to hear who your wide receiver is. So I'm going to reach down a little bit more with this one. Um, you know, I went with Sanders because yeah, I think he has just potential. I, I have great expectations for Miles Sanders this year. <laughs> one, as an Eagles fan. Two, because I'm keeping the guy. And three, just because I do think that he has the ability to. But with my pick for the receiver, I'm going to reach down a little bit further down the draft board at um, an ADP. Uh, what's he at right now? 43 is what I see for, or no. Is that right? Wide receiver 43. That's where he is right now. So wide receiver 43, Anthony Miller. Um, The reason why I I think I like him this year, and I do think that I have great expectations for him, is because I think the Chicago Bears, I hope the Chicago Bears, will realize what a dud they have in Trubisky. And I think with realizing what a dud they have in Trubisky, they're going to give the offense over to Foles at some point, if he doesn't already have before the season starts. Um, and then I think that with, you know, Taylor Gabriel being gone, um, I think that Miller has a great opportunity this year to be, to have super high upside with where you can get them in the draft. Um, I don't know if I'm really willing to stretch enough to say wide receiver one. I don't, I don't think I'm going to be able to stretch and say that much, but but at that draft position, you don't need him to be a wide receiver. one. Exactly. Where he's being drafted and like he has the ability to possibly do that i think if he was on a better team in a better situation you put him on the chiefs or somewhere like that like you have a stud there so um i do like him this year i do think that uh if he has just a more accurate quarterback than what trubisky was you know maybe trubisky will come out and surprise us we talked about i think i talked about that a little bit with the breakdown um of that division about how you know, I know it's an NFL team, you're taking a shot, but he got drafted really high. And I think that someone somewhere saw something that maybe just hasn't panned out in the NFL just yet. So I'm not giving up completely on Trubisky just yet, but I also know that there's a safe, consistent, accurate quarterback just ready to take over the offense in Nick Foles. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, I think Anthony Miller, I have heard his name as well, as a sleeper and a value more than anything. So have that name on your radar for being, being, if nothing more, just being a value. Because 
we've talked about how wide receiver de- wide receiver is a very deep position this year, and that's because of guys like Miller floating around who, if the right opportunity comes around, it's all about talent meeting opportunity. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. he has the talent. So if the opportunity comes around where they can, you know, obviously be more accurate when they are targeting him, then yeah, I mean, he can definitely be a good value at that spot in the draft. No doubt about yeah, it. Yeah, so I'm just kind of looking at a few numbers. He had 42 receptions for 547 yards last year in seven games. Yeah. So he saw no more than three targets right. in one game. So I think that if, if the opportunity is there, I think that he will break out. Yeah. Which is what we're trying to do. Great expectations, right? Absolutely. High expectations. That's for what we're looking for. We're looking for guys who will outperform ADP. So... Um, so there we go. That wraps up our great expectations. So that's Clyde Edwards-Alaire, Miles Sanders, Chris Godwin, and Anthony Miller. So guys to have on your radar that we think can break out for you. Um, the last thing that we're going to talk about now, we've got only a few minutes. Uh, it doesn't look like, doesn't look like our Zoom chat's going to give us any extra time. So really, yeah, it's, it's telling me that we only have a few minutes. So I'm going to give you my bust and then Jaron will give you his bust. I'm not going to go into great detail here with stats like I normally do, but my bust is unfortunately Odell Beckham. Um, I hate I, you know last year he was a bust for sure, and this year he's a better value. But I still think at wide receiver twelve, expecting him to be a wide receiver one, just I'm, I I I don't believe in Baker. This has nothing to do with Odell other than Odell is injury prone. I just don't like Baker. I don't like Baker in a run heavy offense producing a wide receiver one especially when Jarvis Landry is his favorite target so I just I you know y'all heard me rant about Baker uh I'm just I can't believe in it there is a list of guys I have here short list Adam Thielen Amari Cooper Cooper Cup Robert Woods AJ Brown every single one of them is getting drafted behind Odell I would bet every single one of them outperforms him so I just think Odell is set for another bust season I don't love where Cleveland's headed uh, I think they're going to run the crap out of the ball. So uh, Odell is in for another stinker, in my opinion. Yeah, year in and year out, it's um, they the Browns tend to remind us how you don't want to be part of their team. Yeah, it's it's hard so, to trust. So hard mm-hmm. to trust the receivers there for me. I think for me, uh, if you're ready to move on past yeah. that, is so I'm going to preface what I'm about to say with I'm I'm a very optimistic person. Like I love to see the best in people and events in the world and life in general. But I think that my biggest disappointment of the year is going to be the NFL. I think <laughs> I think that with COVID going on, um, and with who the NFL has at the helm, like I just I don't see this panning out to be a great year if we get to even have a full year or a year at all. Um, I have I'll be honest, like I haven't really read too much into it or any like thoughts or ideas on like what the season's gonna look like, if it will last, if it won't last. I just see like exactly what I talked about with um, with baseball earlier. Um, I see the NFL being in a worse situation than that because baseball you're able to keep distance with within people uh, pretty much all the time. There's a good amount of distance between you and someone else. Um, the closest you typically get is, you know, if you're first baseman, you're holding a runner on, right? right. Like that's right. usually the closest uh, contact you get with someone. In football, it's close contact 24-7, right? And I know they're going to have the face mask, and I know that they're going to take all the precautions and everything they need to take, but I just don't think that... 
it's going to be taken seriously enough to where um, they'll be able to have a full season. So I do think that the loser this year is going to be the NFL. I think that there's a very high risk, like what you are talking about earlier, have an have a exit strategy in place with the season because we don't know what it's going to look like. And then how that impacts fantasy with injuries. Like it's, There's going to be a lot of disappointment and frustration because someone tested positive uh, for COVID and maybe isn't showing any signs or symptoms or anything like that. They tested positive and bam, they're gone for two weeks. Yeah. Yeah. Right, like that. There's gonna be a lot of frustration with it this year, I think. Yeah, well, I hate I hate to hear it, but I think without a bubble, there's a good chance that you're right. Mm-hmm. And the NFL's mm-hmm. made it clear that they do not want a bubble. So uh, I'm gonna be the eternal optimist. I mean, I'm obviously nervous, but I'm gonna be eternally optimistic and hope that you are wrong for your bust. I hope I'm wrong. Yeah, absolutely. I hope I'm wrong. Absolutely. So. So there you have it, guys. There's a little breakdown from us on some uh, some breakouts and some busts. Always a ever-popular topic in the world of fantasy, and I think we've given you some good ones. So I just hope Jaron's wrong. Like I said, I can't, I can't I hope I'm wrong, enough. too. I hope I'm wrong, too. <laughs> so other than that, guys, we appreciate you tuning in and um, look forward to talking to you next week. And, hey, we're very close to draft time, so we're going to keep on prepping for drafts and uh, help you win your league. And we are out. Bye.